Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. And War Chant TV, what a good day, what a great week, great to be with you, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, there's Director Matthew, you're you, you're watching, you're listening, and we appreciate you. By the way, if you're listening uh, on 93.3, thanks for the support. If you're watching on War Chant TV, thanks for the support, and like, and subscribe, and pass it around. Alright, so what a, you know, we wait on this, um... And we get excited about it, and I can barely contain it because, um, man, what a great time of year. And it all cleared up for us, baby. It's glorious outside. We're heading into a spring football weekend that should be spectacular. It's opening day for Major League Baseball. If you love baseball the way I love baseball, you're very excited because an old friend is back in your life, and they'll be here with you for months and months to come, all the way into October, early November. You've got a friend on a nightly basis when you go home. If you decide, you know what, put a little baseball on in the background while I cook up dinner for the wife and kids. Here we go. That's what we're going to do. Got it. Now you got it. Today starts the Masters. Got it on right here on my monitor. Here I don't. Here's my information. I've got everything I need to go and uh, and, and look at throughout the show. And that includes Tiger Woods' one shot off the lead. What are we doing out here? What are we doing out here? Tiger Woods is one shot off the lead as he's on number eight. It is amazing to think. I don't know what you're trying to do. He's trying to win a golf tournament around here. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And it's uh, it's fun. It's fun. He looks measured, comfortable. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, there's a annual Charles Schwartzel sighting. Shows up here every now and again. <laughs> uh, FSU's own Daniel Berger one shot off the lead as well. So we'll, we'll uh, monitor, keep it close. Uh, Jay Revel going to join me on the show today. He is a uh, a local resident here in Tallahassee. Uh, runs a PR firm, really good at his job. He's also kind of our playing partner, if you will, the city of Tallahassee's golf playing partner. He's an ambassador for the sport of golf. He's an historian when it comes to golf and other subjects for that matter. He's frequently a guest, I know, uh, with our cohort here at 93.3, Greg Tish. And, um, you know, he's, he's a, he, he understands the city's history and its ties to Augusta as well. And uh, I had a chance, <clears throat> excuse me, pollen's crazy today, throat's bothering me a Ooh, little bit. Ooh, is it? Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I will tell you that I had a chance to sit down and talk with him a couple of days ago uh, about the Masters, about Tallahassee's connections to the Masters, about the great game of golf. And we saved it for today because the Masters is underway. And you're going to hear that in the second hour uh, I believe, and we're gonna we're gonna probably run it late. Uh, we'll have an opportunity to take care of all of our football related needs and anything else that we want to do, and then towards the back end, towards the uh, on the way out the door, uh, we'll leave room for probables. We'll have to leave room for probables. That kind of makes it dicey. Maybe well, do it before. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Uh, 
I think we're timing it perfectly. Uh, perfectly. Tiger will be me too with the pollen. I'll uh, be on about 13 at that time, hitting his second from 179. <laughs> what a bomb Tiger's hit off the No, you know what he's done uh, so far today, and I respect it, and he does. he's not being forced by any of the other competitors to go get it. Um, so, you know, even on number two, he lays up with a three-wood to start the, the round. That tells you where his head's at. I mean, he would never hit a three-wood off that tee. That, you would whip that around the corner the way Tony Finau did, the way Adam Scott did, the way others did, because you want to leave yourself two, two fifteen in if you've got that kind of power. He did and does to some, well, I don't know if he still does, but he has had it. But he laid it up and he, he just understands that that location, where, where the club, you know, where the pin is, yeah. Yeah, I think if the pin's on the right, you might see him go after it off the tee. But given that the pin's buried away on that shelf on the left, there's mm-hmm. no way you're stopping the ball. You just yeah, can't do it. and you can't go along there. So yeah. it's fascinating. Uh, it's it's good stuff. It's exciting, and uh, we'll, we'll continue to, to monitor. Uh, Taylor Gooch uh, is, is your leader currently. Uh, I see a Danny Willett signing as well. This Well, Thursday at the Masters is usually a strange leaderboard. Same thing a Thursday at the Open. And you're like, oh, yeah. I didn't even know they played golf in Finland. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, but there are also names. I mean, these are guys like Schwartzel, who I was teasing a moment ago, is a major winner. Well, it's a major winner. Uh, obviously, Tiger Woods has won a few majors. So the board is it's there. There's some numbers out there maybe I still think to go get. It, it's curious. A, a good point to make here, a lot of people thought and assumed, and I understand why, that today the numbers would be low because of all the rain last night softening the course and an opportunity to go at pins. Uh, but Aaron Oberhoser, and I've read somewhere else, these are the guys that said, hey, wait, actually, if it's soft, if the conditions are soft, it's problematic because, yeah, that's cool, they're soft on the green, but they're not soft. I mean, they're not hard in the fairways either, and so the ball stops, and all of a sudden you have a very long Augusta National, plays long anyhow, where ordinarily this is not considered a long course. So did Aaron follow that up with some sort of copper bracelet that'll help you hit the ball yeah, twenty yeah, yards farther? Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, he did not. Okay. Just like uh, you know, Nick with the shoes or anybody right. else. Yes. the square strike. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Happy opening day, everybody! Again, I'll reiterate. Uh, excited to have baseball back. Knowles finally got a damn win. Took him twelve innings last night. Softball team got a win. That was good. That was but, fun. Yeah, that, that was, was fun. a fun game to watch. Yeah. So. Uh, all is well, and then, of course, today really, in essence, is, for the most part, your last practice tomorrow, sort of a walkthrough, and, of course, the game is Saturday. Um, and even today's practice is abridged. It's abridged. It's an hour and a half. By the time they're done with warm-ups, they're going back to the locker room. I don't really think they're going to do anything today. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I know you're going out there. Good for you. I'm not. <laughs> um, but 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 I don't, I don't think they're going to do anything today. Uh, they're certainly not going to hit, hit-hit, uh, because they're playing on Saturday. So I, I, I'd just be, you know. Maybe some individual drills. I'll bet they do some special teams work, and then uh, oh, that'll be exciting. Maybe a light scrimmage at the end. You know, it'll just be, yeah, a light. Scrimmage well, no, at with the, the teams. Mm. I know they're not doing anything crazy like drafting or anything. They're going good against good, but they might be going through those kinds of drills that they're going to mimic on Saturday because it's slightly different for a scrimmage than than a full game. So maybe they go through those logistics. Yeah, but bottom line is, uh, you know, I just got done. I was on Chuck Oliver earlier today. And he was talking about camp. He was talking about, um, you know, what, what have we seen and, and what have we liked and not liked. And he's trying to get an assessment with everybody. And I said, listen, I think that let me just start by saying as much as we deep dive and get into the weeds on a daily basis in Tallahassee about this football team, the practice habits, the players, and it can come across sometimes if you're really delving deep uh, as as maybe negative, maybe 
Uh, maybe you don't think the team is as good if you're critical of elements. If we, t- if we you know, pull back a little bit and I begin the assessment by saying they're better. They're better than they were a year ago. It's a better football team and program than they've been. They're getting closer to where they want to be. That is true. I think that is true. I don't know specifically how that translates to, uh, you know, the kind of season that in our heart of hearts we'd want them to have, which would be a 10-plus win season. You'd want to see that. That's not likely because they're not there yet, but they're better. This is interesting. So I've had this moment happen a couple of times in practices, whether it's the team drills at the end or wherever, but it's usually when they go full 11 on 11, and they play – there's a sequence of so many positive plays, one way or the other, where somebody earns a stop or earns a a gain of 15 or a quarterback rolls out, he's flushed, but he goes and makes a play. Receiver actually catches the football in traffic, things like that, where I start to get greedy. And I'm thinking to myself for the next rep that I'm watching, all right, here you go, keep elevating. Mm -hmm. Well, no, that's not reasonable to think. Because if they kept elevating, then they'd be projecting at 10 wins. You know, and you'd mm. say, well, look at this. they yeah, got something just, for the whole the college football world doesn't know what's about to hit them. Yeah, you're ignoring the ceiling at that point right, with your enthusiasm. Right. Yeah. But then that also comes at the expense. Like, why am I disappointed that they're better, markedly better? Like, I shouldn't be. It's just the Noel in me remembering how many times we've been ranked inside the top four consecutive years at the end of the year in the AP poll or coaches poll. All those things. Like, all of the yes, accolades. The record setting 14 consecutive 14 years that nobody's come close to. Yet. Right. So that's where my head goes immediately. Is oh wait a minute, wait a minute. They could be, oh that's not fair. I need to stop myself. But there are flashes when they do things so well in practices that you dare to dream. But that's not realistic. You need to be. You need to set your sights a little bit lower. But I don't think lower than seven or eight wins. I, I don't. I see this team landing in that spot as long as injury luck stays okay and turnover luck isn't absurd. Yeah, I mean, I, I would argue. Um, I think that. I see enough humbling moments from either the quarterback or the offensive line that I'm well aware of the ceiling. I'm not getting as caught up. <laughs> I I go, okay, all right. But that doesn't mean uh, that I think they're not improved and that they can't be a better team and that the program's not in good hands and isn't moving forward. None of that. Uh, the, the defense – is I think legitimately going to be from the jump from the first game. Well, it's Duquesne, but you know what I mean. I think they're going to be consistently uh, the strength of the team. I think they will consistently be the strength of this team. And a year ago, it was the tale of two seasons. A year ago, they obviously uh, did not communicate well. You had a lot of guys lost out there early in the season, giving up big plays and busted plays. This was on the regular, and it was very frustrating. And, um, you know, we thought, boy, Adam's in trouble because this group doesn't listen. Either he can't get it in their heads what their assignments are, but they're not coordinated. They're not listening. We have busts all over the field. We have moments where we're watching guys just run free. That can't happen. And I don't see that at all. That hasn't happened a single time this spring. No, there's there was a day the offense had a great day, but it wasn't because guys were just running free and there was miscommunication and guys weren't buying in or listening or playing hard. The second half of the season kind of revealed more of what we're seeing this spring, which was a right. togetherness, togetherness, uh, a communications um, uh, breakthrough, uh, and a consistency 
uh, of intensity. Uh, and so we're, we're seeing that all throughout this spring, too. Yeah, you're seeing winning plays being made. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy when you see them. And this is why I dare to dream sometimes and I have to stop myself. Because they've been so rare that when you see in a 20-minute sequence and call it 12 plays, eight of them are winning plays by either side. You're going, huh, well, yeah. how about this? This is the way it ought to be. It felt like even through success last year, there was a lot of patchwork being done. You know, yeah. you could see that there were glaring weaknesses, but we're doing very good, at almost like a a tactician boxer. It's like, I'm just going to stay away from yeah, there. I'm yeah. staying away from his right. His right's going to kill me, so I'm going to keep on leaning this. But whatever it was, we did it well enough to win some games, some material games. But now it looks more sustainable, and that's the next step in the, in the growth. It's just you're not going to be an explosive top 15 team next year. That would be crazy. That would be some well, kind of development between now and the fall that is, it cannot be foreseen. You know, I think they will go make some moves in the portal. We keep referencing it. Everybody's obsessed with the portal. They ought to be. One of the reasons that I think Florida State fans in particular are obsessed with the portal is its proper usage. Uh, Mike Norvell and staff get high marks for utilizing a relatively new thing to their advantage, and they've, uh, they've hit on those assessments. You know, in some ways, every time you look at a guy like, say, Trey Benson, okay, and you decide he makes us better. Now, I know he had a devastating injury that could have a huge impact on the player he once projected to be if he doesn't make a full recovery. But, you know, I really loved his tape coming out of high school. I recruited him. We didn't get him. He ends up going to Oregon. He gets hurt. But if we can get assurances that he has come all the way back from the injury, then I know the kind of player I'm getting, and I like his size, married with that speed. Let's get him. All right, so a lot of us raised an eyebrow when that happened. They brought him in. He's been great this camp. He continues to get stronger and better and more consistent. He's pushing Treshawn Ward for that one spot. He spoke yesterday to the media. I was over there to talk with him. Ira did as well. A good piece on Warchant.com with him as well that Ira wrote. He's going to help this football team. You look, you know, I think that they've identified players consistently well in the portal that have huge upside that fill positions of need. And I think they'll do that again this when spring ends. I think they're going to find two to four to five players in that neighborhood, two to five, somewhere in that neighborhood. Depending upon departures. Because yes. I think it's a minus two proposition. So if you have five kids leave, including the two that already did, maybe you have three scallies. Yeah. I think it's something like that. Now, now don't quote me on it. The numbers always kind of change here and there. But that's about right. Yeah, so I do think that uh, they'll have a little room to go out and get a few people. And, and one of those, I think, uh, without question, will be an offensive lineman. You just hope it's quality. I, you're not getting people just to get them. If you can get a Dylan Gibbons, then, then go get a Dylan Gibbons. Uh, and I think they'll go out and maybe get a linebacker. And, and I think from there, you know, it just depends on best player available uh, at a position of need. Would you go out and get another receiver? Maybe because you were hamstrung a little bit with the injury, well, the unfortunate car crash uh, that immediately took a guy that you thought was a plug-and-play guy. So maybe you would if there was a good player available and he, you know, you, you were interested in his services. Uh I would I would tend to lean on quality offensive line as many as I could get. Well, and that's the other thing, too. The first question I ask whenever there's a name that pops up, and let's say we get a kid, sometimes it's a surprise. You're like, who? Yeah. Who just committed to us out of the portal? Mm-hmm. 
How many years do you get him for? You know, out of high school, you know. Back in the day with grad transfers, you knew. He had one year. But in some cases, like Dylan Gibbons, I don't think it was until the regular season I remembered or, or searched out that he's a multi-year player for us. And the COVID eligibility rules as well kind of skew that. Yeah, it's hard to But remember, if you can yeah. find a linebacker, for example, that you know would be here for more than one season, because Tatum's here for one and that's it. Yeah. That would be massive. It's not just a win in the immediate. It's a win for the future, too, if you can find those types of players who are here for multi-years. Like, imagine if we had another year Keir. Not Jermaine. He would have gone anyway. Yeah. But if you had another year for Keir Thomas. Yes, and he was a very good player If for you us. can find a player. Yes. If you can find a player at name your position. Well, we did it with Jamie Robinson. Right. It doesn't have to be a hit on the level of Jermaine Johnson is my point. If it's the level of Keir Thomas. Sure. Or Jamie. Jamie Robinson led us in tackles last year. Well, all he's done since becoming a college football player is tackle. Elite level uh, tackler at the position. He tackled at South Carolina as a freshman. Uh, to the point where he garnered uh, honors as a freshman in the SEC. He had a big game against Florida as a, as a freshman. So, I mean, he was always a, a guy that tackled, and we got him, brought him in, and he's continued to do that. He's an uber-productive player. They, this, you're making the point that we're all celebrating, which is that why we're so hyper-focused, uh, it, it's twofold, on the portal. A, we aren't where we want to be yet, and there are some guys out there maybe that look the part a little bit more than some others, and if you can bring them in here, then do it. And B, these guys have proven they're good at it. I'm sure there are programs that are similarly breaking down their group's spring football practice and projecting next season, and they're on the airwaves today, wherever it is, and they're saying, you know, I hope they don't waste anything on these guys in the portal. We've just really had no luck with this. They're having the opposite conversation. They're saying, you know, we brought in this kid and this kid and this kid because there's inherent risks. Yeah, that's no path. It's proven that it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. somebody saying that today because their program hasn't done a good job. But, boy, Florida State has. I mean, they've done – I mean, there's a miss here and there, but they have really done a no, good job. Meaningful material hits more than misses. Oh, without question. So that's 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 where we're at. Uh, and that's why we get excited as we wind down spring. Chef Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply disappointing bogey on par five number eight for lpj yeah that was the first yeesh moment of the day yeah he found a way to make bogey there. Yeah, not good. Frustrating, obviously, but he's not going to play without hiccups. At some point, you're going to have to see that. You know, he can't bend down to read these greens at all. This is going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. he does the uh, the half-hunch move that mm. yeah, your dad or my dad would do. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I got to clean one thing up. Good job, Bradley, in the comments section. I didn't realize this. Tatum Bethune's a redshirt junior on Seminoles.com. That's the way they have him listed. So we could have that dude for two years? 
Okay. Oh, we good. Or he may be looking to ride out after this year. Well, He's been he, an uber-productive player. If he does, that means materially good things have happened of between course. now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Oh, and now we've got a yank left into the trees. Okay. It's falling apart. That's... <laughs> if he makes par from there, if he makes par from there, he yeah. wins the golf tournament. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Heard it here. Uh, oh, man. I'm pulling for him, obviously, but that is uh, that's you know, fresh off a of bogey. Then that tee shot, you're kind of like. Mm. Tiger Woods has yanked it left on Carolina Cherry, <laughs> the ninth hole at Augusta National. Yes, it is Carolina Cherry. Uh, it's funny though. I'll tell you this: uh, once you go, and a lot of people out there listening have been, and I, I've gotten to go once. Once you go and you walk it, you really do realize why. They talk about fitness and, and why it matters here more than most places. Now, some fat asses have won this tournament. So it's not as if, you know, I'm, I'm not telling you you're running a, a marathon uphill. But I do think that it plays a part. You know, you you got to be at least in, in decent enough shape to uh, to not have that be a burden on you by day three, day four, because it's it is a walk, man. It's you, you're sore that first day when you wake up the next morning. You're like, damn, man, I was just walking around the course. This is ridiculous. I'm sore. Get through it, obviously, but yeah, it's it's something. I've never been there, but having walked in the Cliffs Course in Brighton, England, which makes Tallahassee look like Palm Harbor, mm-hmm. you know, flat as a pancake, or the airport in Denver, like there's just nothing to it. The next day, I had a tea time schedule the next day for 9 a.m. I called at 7.30. I said, I'm, I'm sorry, mate. I can't do it. I'm, I'm hanging out around these parts. There's no way. No way. <laughs> so do you have I, – I, uh, I thought of a lot of things today when I got up, pouring my coffee, thinking about what a momentous and fun week this is and day this is. You have a favorite opening day memory uh, for Major League Baseball for you as a kid or anything? Do you ever go to? You know? Yeah. Okay. I got one. All right. And it nothing ever turned out right ever again for this player. Kaz Matsui mm. debuted for the Mets. Going back a ways. All right. Leads off yeah. against the Braves in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. First pitch he sees, gone. And I mean bombed out of the park. And that was that. That was the rest of his career. He actually uh, hit a second home run that day, but nothing good ever really happened again. That's funny. Yeah, I'd forgotten about Kaz Matsui. Yeah, there there are opening day wonders, right? Or first season wonders even, you know, it's crazy. I you know, it's, I don't have that many great opening day stories, save for, and I don't want to get all uh pulling on your heartstrings here. I really thoroughly enjoyed that time that you came over and my buddy Bill came over and and all of us Hung out together. Oh yeah! And had opening day at the Cameron household, and I cooked up a bunch of hot dogs for everybody. Malar was there. Malar was there. We drank beer. We watched baseball on the big screen, and we ate hot dogs like we were in the park. That was the day. Yes, that was an awesome opening day. That was the day you got your air conditioners done. Uh, Barano heating and air yep. conditioning. Dear friends at Barano. Uh, yes, that's right. They came out and two brand two new brand units. new carrier units uh, that are still operating without any problems. And also, there was a moment in which the uh, Cubs catcher Took wore one it off in the groin. The testicles. Yeah, yeah. I saved that picture. I still have it. I've used it before as uh, a reaction to frustration. Just post that picture. Send it to a friend. Yeah, it was a foul ball off the boys, and it's a 
clean shot. I once went to a baseball game. Was in, Gwen there from the YMCA? I believe Gwen was yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah Gwen yeah. came by. She added a lot to the festivities she, that she day. She always does. Uh, but I believe Gwendolyn was there. But, uh, yeah, man, so that was a fun opening day because we were all geeked, and we had our laptops out. It was a very modern opening day. And we all had a game on a different laptop. Like There was the Mets game, and the Pirates game was on the big screen, and we had this game and that game, and it was like five games going on at once. And I was out on that grill with the dogs, and we were getting after it. That was that was a good day, man. We we should have done it again this year, but we'll maybe we'll strive to do it again next year. But uh, we do have a day approved for corner pocket. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up to let our listeners know locally, right? Yeah, we're next be next week, next Wednesday, next Wednesday. That's the thirteenth of April. Join us at corner pocket. We'll be doing the show live, one to three. There are eight baseball games taking place before two fifteen in the afternoon. So it's the way today should have been. There's only one game. It starts in um, 40 minutes. Well, there's, there, there's more than one game today. No, but I mean, afternoon-wise, like, right, it, right, it's right, the Cubs right. and Brewers yeah. at 220, but the other uh, Yankees-Red Sox got scrapped, and there weren't even a bunch slated for 1 o'clock. No. Like, how do the Reds play tonight? That's just criminal. The Reds should be, you know, in the fourth or fifth inning by now. Yeah, the Buccos should have been leading thing off as an all-time great franchise, but they're playing at 415 against the Cardinals. I was teasing Corey. I was, we, we were talking yesterday or the other day at practice, and I said um, that the Pirates play the world champion Atlanta Braves this year on my birthday. That, that is accurate. They play a four-game series against the Braves. Wow. All on one day? No. Oh. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. My birthday is on a Friday, I believe, this year. Well, now, how about that? A little, little Friday action. That means it's a Saturday as well. Uh, yeah. So here's the deal. I uh, I saw that the, the Buccos were – headed to Atlanta uh, to take on the Braves, the world champion Braves. And uh, he said, you know, well, you better, if you if you want, whoa, what a shot. Did he did he hold it? He didn't hold it. Uh, no. So. Uh, <laughs> great effort. <laughs> great effort indeed. So I said, uh, well, you know, Corey, why don't you take me to the game for my birthday? You're a Braves fan. Uh, I know you'll be nervous when the Buccos come to town, but you can, you can, you know, see if your world champions hold up. And he goes, well, it would have to be Thursday. I don't deal with that place on the weekends. You know how grumpy Corey is. He's like, I can't, I can't be there on Fridays and Saturdays. It's a zoo over there. I don't want, I don't want to deal with it. It's like, all right, man. Even for my birthday. And he's like, well, if you want to go, go to the Thursday game. I was like, I don't think it'll be that big of, of a deal. The, no, the Pirates are. He, he not. stays up till four in the morning anyway. So if you stay in the battery till one, the traffic's gone. Yeah, but problem I, solved. I, I laughed about this because as we were talking, he was like, well. No, I, and I go, it won't be that crowded. It's the Pirates. I don't think people were racing over there, except those who have an understanding of history. And an opportunity to see five-time world champion Pittsburgh come to your town, is it's a big deal, you know, when you have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. When when you've got rings on all of one hand, I mean, you know, who, who doesn't want to see a compelling winner like that roll into town? Yeah, hot ticket. I'm sure the secondary market's crazy. You better go to the box office now. <laughs> oh, man. Anyhow, happy opening day, everybody. I was just sharing my joy of opening day and the enthusiasm there. It's Jeff Cambridge Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. want to welcome... Danny Cannell, Bryant McFadden, E.J. Manuel, Peter Bulware to the sidelines this Saturday as they take over the coaching duties. Uh, 
it's an honor to have them fill my shoes uh, in the second edition of the spring game uh, celebration of uh, legends as coaches. So it's uh, fantastic that they get an opportunity, and uh, I'll always uh, be honored to have been first. Yeah, I don't think that they have to worry about somebody listening on the headset like Florida Gator grad Andy Staples, who's a cheater. That's but, correct. Uh, because we're all Knowles here, right? That's The, the four That's coaches are Knoll legends. That is correct. So they have a little bit more honor about them. Yeah. They're as competitive, though, and if they discover a loophole by which they can listen in on their opposing coaches' play calls, they likely would. <laughs> they likely would. Uh in some ways, I just needed to be more hip to the game and realize people cheat even in an exhibition. I didn't realize that, and uh, I was taken advantage of. I mean, listen, you're a better human being for not stooping <laughs> down to that. Integrity is what people do when nobody's no, when watching. Nobody's watching. I and mean, Andy clearly has little to no integrity. Uh, so it is that uh, they bring back... Uh, actually, I think this is the right way to do it all. Humor aside, tongue-in-cheek aside here, uh, you've got, you know, obviously guys who... Played uh, and and played well and played at a uh, high level and uh, all of whom went on to the league, even some, however briefly, uh, get in the hole. Tiger Woods, there you go. Tiger Woods has just won the Masters. Uh, <laughs> He's going to have to overcome first place Joaquin Neiman, who may have been selected uh, by one one person when this entire That's right. field. Yeah, yeah, he made a two on nine. Yeah. Well now. Well, so I... Uh, I have him both in our pool, and I have Joaquin in my other right pool. Yeah. And um, what's interesting is not having the the TV coverage up. I mean, you know, we can watch it, but I mean, the sound that would just be egregious and totally unprofessional. Yes, I wonder where the louder roar came from. Did it come from Joaquin's two or Tiger's par. eight footer for par? Because yeah. I think it might have been Tiger's eight footer for par. First of all, it better be. Secondly, uh, Tiger's practice round featured more enthusiasm and excitement per shot than anything Joaquin Neiman's going to do yeah. in the actual tournament. That's right. Yeah. And that includes winning it. <laughs> or jarring one from 160 out. I do enjoy the build-up because they end up showing masters of yesteryear, and you're just reminded of uh, you know the, the connection to this tournament and these great moments. I uh, Again, I'll, I'll, I'll preface and, and say this, that next hour you'll hear an interview I did with Jay Revel and I asked him a question about trying to find calm over golf shots because he talked about the course being a, a you know a place of refuge and I you know I think for Tiger Woods I'll bring it back to this I think that's probably true you know when you when you do something long enough uh, you don't really get all that nervous you get excited there could be nervous energy but if you're comfortable in what you do your chosen profession and and even one that you know obviously he's in a much more high-profile position than even any other player on tour, let alone somebody like you or I as a radio broadcaster in Tallahassee, Florida. But we don't get nervous before broadcasts, but I get excited. Certain broadcasts, I get really excited. And you should feel that, but you feel comfortable. You feel like you're doing what you're supposed to do. I think Tiger Woods looks like a guy right now, no matter what his final score will be today, that just looks like he's doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah, he knows his game plan. Yeah, he, he's he's got a game plan. He's sticking with it. He's at even par. The problem is the screw ups are going to be worse or uh, worse. Listen worser. to me. Wow, you're like a broadcaster. That. Just like that. You know, sometimes you snap one in uh, Cherry Lane or whatever the ninth hole was, and sometimes you say worser, which is not a word. <laughs> but he knows his mistakes are going to be bad, given that he hasn't played in forever. He knows that, and he knows his way around the course. 
Here are the places to miss. If I miss poorly, left on nine, apparently he can make par from there. No yeah, big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he's got a game plan. He's going to stick to it. He's not going to try to be too proud and try to keep up with the young pups because he's already won this tournament recently enough where he couldn't be a top 20 player in terms of driving distance off the tee like when he first started playing here and winning here 25 years ago. The 2020 final round, he scored a 10 on number 12. Do you remember that? No. He did. I, well, he had a 10. I guess he won the water twice. Yeah. Jesus, man. A 10? Was just, that the COVID one? Yeah. Uh, see, I didn't watch a whole lot of that. For whatever reason, that weekend, I, I, DJ's win is like, I, I don't even hardly remember a shot or two from that tournament. Well, he played really well. DJ did, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, he played. That's what he does, yeah. The reason I asked you if you remembered it, they just flashed it and I had forgotten about it, but the thing that I remember was that it made us love him even more as a competitor because you know what he did on the next four holes? Birdied them. Yeah, well. <laughs> Think about that's that. That's who the hell he is. <laughs> Think about that. That is crazy. Yeah, I got something for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So he birdied the next four holes. Yeah. So he played the five-hole sequence and two over yeah. <laughs> after a 10. <laughs> that's amazing. It's just crazy, right? I mean, that's the silliest thing ever. Uh Hey, did I wonder if Braves fans are out there? You're listening. You're excited. You, your world champions uh, are, are, and I, yes, I've got prize picks. I did take Joaquin Neiman in one of those, but I'll tell you some Amen Corner ones in a second. Um, I, I going back to the, the Braves who obviously lost Freddie Freeman this off season, and I say it like he died. He didn't. He just went and got richer, but. Uh, Freddie Freeman is now a member of an evil, evil, evil organization in the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I think collectively on this opening day, we as baseball fans have to somehow channel our energy, our focus, whatever it is we're putting into the atmosphere, into the universe, and send as much negativity the, the Dodgers way as possible. This is a time for Mets and Braves and Pirates oh, yeah. and Phillies and others to channel uh, our inner love of baseball, put aside our differences as to our rooting interests, and root for every single member of the Dodgers to get injured, not permanently, but in a way that ruins this season and any chance for them to make the postseason. Because they are, and I think we all would agree on this. I know the world doesn't agree on much anymore, certainly not politics or religion or how to raise your kids or schooling or whatever it might be, but we all will agree the Dodgers can go to hell, and they're bad for baseball. And I hope they lose 100 games because of devastating injuries throughout the lineup that don't ruin anybody's career but just this season. Unless Chase Utley is like the hitting instructor. He can take a permanent injury. That's fine. Chase Utley doesn't play for them. No, a hitting instructor. Oh, so okay. If he's a hitting you, instructor, you want him to he, have he a, can have a permanent injury off the side of the face, don't you? Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't yeah. hurt your feet. I mean, human yeah. garbage, you know? Well, that's, that's the way it goes. <laughs> But I'm a Brooklynite. Hey, you know, the Dodgers went and died and went to L.A. in the yeah. first place. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, second-generation yeah, yeah. Brooklyn guy. So, of course, you got to hate them a little bit. And then I hope that, you know, the Mets can benefit off of that and then become what the Dodgers are right now and succeed at a much yeah, higher level. Then you can be the evil that I That's will fine. channel our energies towards That's hating right. and undercutting. Absolutely, yes. We band together until we are the enemy. Yeah, That's fine. Until you become the team that buys the championship the Dodgers are attempting to buy right now. Yeah. It's... um. It's problematic. It's problematic because, I mean, that is the sickest lineup I've seen. I mean, you you got to go back a long ways. There, there have been very few all-star teams 
that make up a regular team's roster quite like this Dodgers lineup. It's insane. Especially now that there is a DH in the National League. It's just the dumbest damn thing in the world. no holes in that lineup. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to take time on the show for us to get that negative energy out into the world in time to sabotage the Los Angeles Dodgers season. They can go to hell. Yeah, we should send our training staff over there. That's what the Mets should do. You guys will screw up. Yeah, if you up. want, if you want injuries, you send got our guys it. over there. You've got it, man. Yeah, it's 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 funny. Back in the day, and I'm old enough to remember this. Certainly, if you're a younger listener, you won't remember what the NFL was like. But the NFL, for much of my childhood on into early adulthood, did not feature um, a salary cap, and because of it, the Dallas Cowboys the San Francisco 49ers and a few others just decided with billionaire owners to outspend everybody because they could. They could. They would go bring in a, a Deion Sanders and he could play alongside one pro bowler after another pro bowler and they just keep adding pro bowlers to the roster. And it was just an all-star team that you were going up against. Why do I bring that up? Well, I, I bring that up because it made it very easy, unless you were a fan of that team, it made it very easy for the rest of the league to bond together and just root against one common enemy. And it actually was a, a boon for ratings because any time a team even seemed to have a chance of beating one of these uh, juggernauts, these behemoths who were out spinning there, I mean, the, the ratings would go through the roof. Everybody tuned in. They're like, oh, uh, see, the Cardinals are up 16-13 in the third on Dallas. People couldn't believe it. Like, that was the thing. The Yankees... Late 90s, early 2000s. Same thing. Screw them. Yeah. Screw yeah. them eternally. Everybody would be like, you know what? The Yankees are losing. All right. Here we go. How about Randy Moss on Thanksgiving Day against the Cowboys? Yeah. What, I think it was just like four catches. It was yeah. either three or four catches for a buck fifty and, and three scores. Yeah. It's You, you got to, you know, it just, I hate it. I hate it when one team just decides, eh, I've got $300 million to spend on my baseball roster, even though. Over half the league has less than $100 million to spend on a roster? Sure. That's baseball's fault. It's not the Dodgers' fault. I'll clarify that. Yeah. The Dodgers aren't doing anything outside the rules. It doesn't make me hate them any less or what they've become. Yeah. But I, 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 you know, it's not their fault. We'll get there in flushing. The problem is we've got $25 million that we owe Robinson Cano again this year because his suspension, he, he tested uh, negative, and he's back. So you know he's on the he's on the roster this year. Robinson Cano is still in baseball. Yeah, he, he had a one year suspension, so we had twenty five million relief. But we took on that trade, sir, years ago. Oh. <laughs> hey, at the end of his career, he's still trying for you, buddy. Yeah, well, he's out there trying. He's doing something. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. So, by the way, uh, change in order today because of opening day, because of the Masters, because of where we're at in the week. We are going to have the final segment of the show be my interview with Jay Rebel. So the reason I bring that up is that, and we'll be talking golf. If golf doesn't interest you, you won't be listening, but that's fine. But uh, for those that are excited, and, and, and it's an interesting uh, conversation, and I think you'd like it even if you didn't care about golf. But the point would be, uh, that would mean we don't get a chance to do probables at the end of the show like we normally do. So that's unacceptable, especially on opening day. That can't happen. Tom, if you would, let's do some probables here at the end of hour number one. 
it's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probably Brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFloridaPayroll.com. Get it together, Cameron. They're warming up already, baby. Brewers, Cubs are on the field at Wrigley. Cubs home opener. And, man, that's a tough home opener when you got to face Corbin Burns. And that's who's going for the Brewers. For the Cubs, it's Kyle Hendricks. Up to 50-mile-per-hour winds at Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. Good luck with that, everybody. Poor Zach Greinke is old. How is he going to pierce the wind? That's like Saturday at the Players. <laughs> nuts. Guardians, Royals, Shane Bieber, Zach Greinke. Pirates, Cardinals. Hey, notice a theme, everybody. Just notice the theme. Corbin Burns, Kyle Hendricks, Shane Bieber, Zach Greinke, who was once great. Pirates Cardinals, JT Brubaker on the oh, hill yeah. for the Buckos. Tell him what he's won, JT. <laughs> Adam Wainwright, he's 150, he'll pitch for the Cardinals. Mets, Nats, Tyler McGill. Yay. Patrick Corbin. You got two better picture, pitchers, I well, Scherzer had to be lined up for tomorrow. I know. That was the way they built it. Reds, Braves, Tyler Mahal, and Max Freed. Astros, Angels, Fromber Valdez. Shohei Atani. Padres, D-backs, Hugh Darvish, Madison Bumgarner, Red Sox, Yanks, Nathan Avaldi. That make it right now? We'll see. Garrett Cole going for the Yanks. Mariners, Twins, Robbie Ray. Yay! Joe Ryan goes for the Twins, and that's a look at those that shall reside of the bump. Also, a sincere thanks, and uh, we'll be doing more of this for all of our sponsors to North Florida Payroll as a harvest sponsor of the golf tournament. First ones on board. They couldn't wait to spend their money on charity. They jumped in and said, here we are. Sign us up. So if you need help with payroll services, 850-224-2439, you sign up. You sign up. Good people, Mark and Philip. Good people, and uh, really if you look at their people. price structure, what they can do for you, it's kind of nuts. I've gone through. I said, "Is that right? You can actually only charge that much compared to national companies?" And they said, "Yeah, man, it's what we do." I think Philip is six foot eight, three hundred eighty pounds. He's I'd a say, big man. I'd say two eighty, but yeah. No, I meant it as a compliment. Dude. I meant it as a compliment. I wasn't Philip. If you're out there, I wasn't saying that you're a fat ass. I was saying that you're a big giant man. And and Jeff Wood. <laughs> If, and and Philip, listen know, to the show. I, I would note it. Yeah, uh, Jeff's listened to the show. Sponsor. Uh, you know, or Philip's listened to the show long enough that he would know yeah. if you're like, oh, that's a big fella. Like, that would be your code for a friend. You know, he's a big, he's a big hombre. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. Yeah. But uh, no, no, I meant it as a compliment. We need, I don't know if he has any eligibility left, but we need him on the offensive line. And that's where he played as a walk on. I know. He, Get out um, there, Philip. They sponsored the putting tournament for next Friday, which is beat Corey Clark in putting. If you can do that, you should be able to do that. It's a nominal donation to the second harvest of the Big Ben to try, but if you do it, you end up profiting. You'll get more back than you paid in. So there you go. And you've got a good chance. Corey's not a good golfer. Now he might make a few putts. I don't hey, know. He can make putts. Well, he did on that one day. I don't know that. Okay. I don't right. know that that carries over. The prop. Well, if you're going to get him, get him early. It's an eight thirty shotgun. So maybe for the first hour and a he half, we're going to be sleep. losing. Yeah, we're going to be losing <laughs> our shirt. But then by the end of the day, yeah, 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 we'll he'll bounce we, back. Yeah, we we shall see after he has breakfast at eleven fifteen. Going to watch the USFL. Mm. 
It's so hard. I, I'm telling you, I mean, it is very, very difficult. I have to admit, I never thought there was a realm of nostalgia to the USL, USFL uh, that would, would be triggered by seeing the exact same uniforms a second go-around. Like, I remember when Herschel Walker played for the New Jersey Generals. I remember him as their starting running back. And I can remember the Birmingham Stallions as a team. I can remember, right? When they when those commercials pop up, I have to admit, I'm like, oh, man, look at those uniforms. Those are classic. I love them. It's weird. Like, I didn't think I was that connected, but I was. I used to go to the Tampa Bay Bandit games. I hope it's good. I have a really hard time, and this is uh, 12-year-old me says, you're, you're crazy. Anything The Rock does, I really don't want to give it business anymore. The Rock is kind of spooky now. Have you seen their, they've got a show on TV, The Young Rock? Now it's like on NBC. No, I've never. It's basically him telling you how his childhood and, and adolescence and youth went. Like anybody who tries really hard to tell you how their life is, I'm, I'm always leery of. Well, he's getting paid a lot of money to do so, I'm sure. Yeah, but I don't know. That, that always I screams. I think The Rock seems like a good guy. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He's carefully crafted his image. That's yeah, like very carefully. Well, that's what you do if you're an action superhero. It's not like he's a real thespian, so he's not in it for the art. I mean, he's just a big dude who runs around and does dumb movies. But I mean, that's that's what he does. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with.